Hello and welcome to the Passenger Podcast. So this will be the final part of a series called Why I Got Help Instead of Suicide. And when I say final, it simply means it's the conclusion of when I finally left the hospital and also left the shelter, which was where I was advised to go after leaving the hospital. There is another part to the story, which I'll talk about in the future, as I continue to get help, um, and still to this point, continue to get help in the form of intensive outpatient therapy. So I'll discuss that in a different series, but this, uh, I just wanted to conclude the experience from the time that I got into the inpatient hospital to the time I was quote unquote released and out of that process in a sense, if you want to call it that. So in the previous episode, I made the choice to go to the shelter that was provided. And they had us at that facility, some facility where we had to fill out tons of paperwork for maybe two or three hours. I don't even remember. Go to this assessment, this whole process, did the COVID test, everything. Um, one of the patients that I was familiar with had chosen to take a bus pass instead of go to the shelter. And in that moment, that's where the choice came in because I could have too made that choice. I, I simply, I simply believed in that moment going to the shelter was the best thing. And so I did. A bus pulled up, one of those, not a bus, a a van pulled up, and here we go, off on this journey. And it seemed like the longest ride ever, and (laughs) I later found out it was. And there was a stop that we made. And it's very inter- it's very interesting thinking about this now. There was a stop that we made along the way to this residential area. Quiet, you could hear a pen a pin drop. And for a second, I thought to myself, "Oh, this is where they are taking us." And One of the guys got out the van and they closed the door. And they walked into the house and the windows were totally, like the shades were open. So when they walked into the house, you could see inside that there were, you know, other people in there. But it was a nice house and quiet area. And yet when the van door closed, it was clear that, oh, We just stopped to drop this one person off. The rest of you are going somewhere else. In that moment, that moment told me everything that I needed to know about where I was in the moment. And what I mean by that is I truly did not know what I was doing from minute to minute. There is fear. I don't care. Um, 
call yourself spontaneous and and enjoying surprises. But that was a sign that I was not in control of the situation. Whether good or bad, that was a sign I wasn't in control of the situation because I didn't even know that, hey, um, this isn't even where I'm staying. We're going somewhere else. Well, how many times are we going to stop? Or where am I going? Um, what, what happens after that? I didn't know any of those questions. And so there was, um, I don't know if the fear set in in that second, but it definitely was rising because it became very clear that the choice that I made, once again, a choice, this choice would come very quickly to me, very quickly. I was about to find out. And also it meant this is going to be a very different experience than anything that I've experienced. And I was just supposed to be ready for that. And this is, that was a state of being that was totally foreign to me. As someone who practiced isolation for so long, as someone who dealt with depression, anxiety for so long, my life had become very predictable to a fault. And now I'm in a van going to places that I don't know, with people I don't know. So that was a very huge wake-up moment. Nonetheless, after we drop off that first person, we continue. And once again, this seems like an endless drive. We finally get to where we are. The door opens. And I can tell we're downtown, you know, just by the ride. I can tell we're downtown, but we get there and this is the moment that when I think of stereotypes, when I think of cliches, this was the cliche moment that I was expecting to experience in the hospital. Thankfully, I didn't experience that in the hospital. I, I experienced a supportive atmosphere from the staff, from the patients, felt safe, et cetera, et cetera. When I walked, when I got out of that van, though, it was a reality that things are very different on the outside. It was a rather cool night. And I didn't have any coat or jacket on. I didn't bring one with me to the hospital. But I could see people outside smoking their cigarettes with their hats on and their coats on. And I went into the building, big, big building. In fact, it reminded me the best the best way I can explain it is it looked like a rundown um, hotel, like a big, massive hotel. Like it might have been. It might have been, you know, the talk of the town 50 years ago, you know, 
several stories high. In fact, I didn't even look up, so I don't even know how high it was. But there were multiple floors. But it just seemed like it was some kind of, at some point it was a hotel that was simply run down. No one thought about it and they just said, hey, we'll turn it into a shelter. I walk in and there are people sitting against the wall. I'm not sure what they're waiting for, but they're sitting against the wall with um, makeshift chairs and what have you. The first thing that happens is this, this guy hands me a plate of food, like a container. And without any kind of rhyme or reason. And once again, I'm, I'm in a state of, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not present. I'm looking at this retrospectively and seeing all these things, but I'm definitely not present in the present state of mind. I'm in this state of, whoa, where am I? What is going on? So for this guy to just hand me a plate, I literally asked, that's how, this is how not present I was. I literally asked, like, what is this? And he responded, um, oh, this is dinner. You know, this is food. Whatever he said, it was like a very obvious answer. Like, hey, this is food. And I didn't even open it. I ended up throwing it away or whatever. But I was just took it and went to the desk. And the first thing that they asked as they come in, I don't even think they do, knew my name. First thing they asked, is anybody with medication? Um, and this was a moment where I became present. When they asked if anybody had medication, I raised my hand, reached into my bag, took out my medication, and handed it to the person in the front. And once again, this is a shelter. This is not no longer at the inpatient facility. There's no tour. There's no, here's your, you know, here's your room. And this is what we do here. It's get out the van. That's it. And so when I handed this person a medication, I became very present for a few reasons. The first of which is because I had just gotten that medication earlier that day as I was, you know, released from the hospital. And it's the first time of my life while I had, of course, been taking the medication while in the hospital. It's the first time in my life that I had something prescribed to me. And yet, in just a few hours, with the raise of a hand, it was taken from me. And not only taken from me, because that, okay, you're in the shelter, they're doing it for your safety, blah, 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 blah. Not only taken from me, 
But when the person at the desk took it, they plopped it right on the counter behind them. And, it, and it's a moment, even in that time, previously I wasn't present. I was just, you know, going with the flow and not knowing what's going on. Even in that moment, when I saw them plop my medication right on the, the desk with random faxes and papers and random toiletries, it wasn't, it wasn't an organized way. There wasn't a bucket that said, place medication here. It was simply... I'm taking this from you and I'm going to put it here and not think about it. That triggered in me. That triggered in me a moment that I won't soon forget. And it's something that. And the culmination of all of the self-awareness practice that I've done over these last few months and years at this point. I feel like it almost was all for that very moment. That was the moment that I said, ooh, red flag. Pay attention to that. I did that even at that time. Red flag. Don't ignore that. This person is dismissive. This person is not taking care of something that's very important. I'm new to this experience, not only the shelter experience, but the um, medication management experience. And red flag, someone is not caring for my medication. Red flag. And in that moment, not only did I say someone, I flipped that. I flipped that in my head and realized, red flag, I, I am not being responsible with my medication. And I noted that. Nonetheless, they took it and I took that expectation that, okay, let me gather myself, go through the, whatever the next process is. But I noted that red flag moment and it will come back. There's a woman that meets with me and she tells me where I'll be. And she's actually really nice and she kind of perks me up and lets me know, you know, I'll be with be with some nice people and once again never having this experience before and, and the experience could be different from place to place mind you I didn't know what to expect in my head I expected this big room of like hundreds of people on you know on different you know beds and like a mess hall and I had this quote unquote that kind of thought But as I said, it was more set up like a hotel where there were these long hallways and different rooms. And she gave me the number to my room, the room number. Funny enough, I don't remember that room number, which isn't like me. 
but none, nonetheless, meaning I don't remember it at this point. I normally would remember something like that. Um, but it was such a blur. Nonetheless, I go up the stairs and I'm cognizant of everything. I'm so aware it's not even funny. I'm so present. I went from not even from taking a plate of food and not knowing that I just took a plate of food to now being keenly aware because the medication that was given to me that is supposed to help with my wellness, I just handed it to somebody I didn't know. And I'm very, very keenly aware now. I was keenly aware at the fact that I had to touch the door and the door had this, this, I could feel the film on my hand after touching it. I was keenly aware of the grittiness of the stairs, going up the stairs, no sign of an elevator. I have, I have total confidence that there's no elevator in that building. It's all stairs. But I was keenly aware of every Every crack on the wall, every scent, it smelled terrible. And I had to touch that door, the, the, the second door, went through that door. And I seen, um, got to the second floor where my room was. And as I'm walking down the hall, I see once again people sitting um, against the wall. I later found out that. That area was where you waited for your case manager, which that will come up again later in the conversation. But I started walking towards them and I must have had that look like, oh, I'm new, you know, carrying bags. And so the people that were sitting there waiting got my attention and said, oh, no, you go that way. Like they could see I was probably coming towards them and probably should have been going somewhere else. And so... I went through the door, found my room, and I walked in. And there was, um, actually, there was something on the door. I don't remember the door number, but two things stood out. On the door, it said, non-smoking room, <laughs> which they didn't abide by, the, the roommates, but... There was also like a um a picture maybe the maybe one of them drew a picture it was something like really cliche but you know like be happy or you know smile and that kind of stood out to me that it was probably the only door that I passed that had some kind of artwork on it I do remember that I do remember that but I walk in and the lights are dim. The only thing that's on is the light from the TV. And I see what appears to be like a closet area to the left, immediately to the left, a bathroom to the right. I walk further in and I see that there's an empty bed, which surprise, I guess that's mine. There's someone sleeping in their bed and then there's another bed so it's a three-person room 
There's a small little kitchenette area, refrigerator, and a sink. And one of the one of the women got up to greet me. And I don't know if this was the first question I asked her, but it definitely was a question that I asked. I said, how long have you been here? And she said, six months. It was, it was very matter of fact, the way that she spoke. And she sat there and she's watching um, maybe Jeopardy, maybe She's watching something on game show on the TV. Later on, the other person wakes up, introduces herself. She said she's been there four months. And you can tell they get along. They're maybe middle-aged, both of them. But I look around, and once again, being hyper-aware now, I look around and I see uncleanness and not even in comparison to the hospital, which thankfully hospital kept things very tidy. Um, the room that I had at the hospital was very tidy and in, I am no way the most cleanest, the, I'm no way the cleanest person, but I could see the uncleanness and it was unsettling for me. It made me uncomfortable. Nonetheless, I sat on the bed, placed my things down, and the two women were very accommodating. And I sat there and told myself, Okay, (sighs) maybe this could work. And I think I got to that point because of the fact that there was a smaller setting than what I expected. I thought maybe it'd be this big room of hundreds of people. So the fact that it was more enclosed, I had this quote-unquote space for that very few seconds I told myself maybe I I could do this do what I'm not sure and if if I'm honest I think all I thought in that moment was maybe I can survive a little bit longer now part of the issue at this moment Part of the issue at that moment was my phone had died and I didn't have my charger. I thankfully was able to charge it a little bit at the intake place, if that's what you want to call it. But now it had died or was about to die. It definitely wasn't going to last much through the night. And so it meant just being there. And that brings me to 
one of the most important flags of all. And I had been informed of this before I got there. I want to make this very clear. But it wasn't until I got there that I understood the significance. I was informed that if I went to the shelter, I would be in what was called lockdown. And this is mostly attributed to coronavirus. Meaning you can't come and go as you'd like. That means for work. That means for errands. In other words, once you're in here, you're in here. And as I stated, I was aware of that before I got there, but I wasn't aware of the significance of that. And as I sat on that bed with no charger and just the stuff that I brought from um, the hospital, which was just a backpack and some items in my bag, as I sat there and that settled in, that I would be here for an indeterminate amount of time. Boy, oh boy. There goes another flag. And this flag was, how will I cope in a setting that is very restrictive after just coming out of a facility whose goal was to get me out of this restrictive state? If I do anything well, I isolate myself. If I do anything well, I'm good at lockdown. Being here, is this going to help me build upon the skills that I've learned thus far in the hospital? Or will I regress? There was a flag, big flag. Second one. Nonetheless, it was cold. It was getting late. And at that point, the best quote unquote, the best quote unquote thing to do at that time was to sleep on it and not make an impulsive move at that moment, at least just got there I kept telling myself relax 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 I go back downstairs touching those nasty doors I go and get a blanket and some supplies everything documented everything noted you breathe too hard they take note of it I go back upstairs, put my things together, 
But as I said, it's getting late and there's something that I learned in the hospital that I have to do in the evenings. Take my medication. No different that I'm in a shelter, right? So after going upstairs and getting quote unquote settled in, which for me, I didn't even take my stuff out the bag. I just put the blanket on the bed. I go downstairs for my medication. And then that was when it clicked why people were, were standing against the wall. That was their medication line. And I waited in that line and waited and waited. And when I got up to the door, she looked for my name. And without question, she said, oh, we didn't get yours yet. Or we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, um, get you in yet. And I didn't know what that meant. But worst of all, I didn't ask. What do you mean we didn't get you in yet? Huh. Nonetheless, I feel like I wasted my time standing in that line. And I go back upstairs. So here we are, the very first day out of the hospital. I don't take my medication as scheduled because I handed my medication to someone. And they told me, you don't have it in yet. I took that in even in that moment. I go back upstairs, play with my phone until it dies, and I fall asleep. The next morning, defined, defined me as a person, and I'll talk about that. I said that this would be the last episode, but I'll probably break it into two. I'll talk about what I did that very next morning. And I feel that this is what the entire experience was for. So as always, thank you for listening.